0: Well, Ole Miss goes out and strikes us again. And is there a Malcolm Rodriguez-sized cowboy gearing up for NFL ball right now? You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you very much for stopping by and making this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, also visually on YouTube, and you can find me on Twitter at all Day o state. Yeah, so Ole Miss strikes again, right? They, they got us. For Spencer Sanders, regardless of how it happened, what went wrong, what went right, how he left Stillwater, it doesn't matter. He's an Ole Miss rebel. And if you watch the spring game, he looked pretty good. And I'm one of those cowboys that I'm actually cheering him on at Ole Miss. Now, Moose, say, going to be a rebel, I don't know that uh, I'm going to be rooting him on the same as I would be rooting on Spencer Sanders because it's not the same. It didn't make a lot of sense for Musa to leave, right? What well, we talked about before. And then we were hearing that there was at least the potential opportunity for a conversation to happen where he could potentially stay. That didn't happen. Uh, and then we we lost out on the Arizona State transfer. So that that hurts a little bit. We are not in a great spot when it comes to basketball moving forward. But, but. But We'll hit that here in a little bit. Let's talk about the NFL because last year, right? Coming into the draft conversation, there wasn't a lot of Cowboys that were being pegged as big time gets. And Malcolm Rodriguez was definitely one of those unheralded type of guys that you saw sign. Seeing Devin Harper carve out a little role for himself in Dallas, I think a lot of us saw potentially as, as a viable option. I think a lot of us saw at least Malcolm Rodriguez was going to have the opportunity to stick on the roster, even if it was a, a potential scout team type of guy. Nobody expected him outside of Still Oklahoma country to do what he did in the NFL. And this re- most recent draft the only two guys that we had were Tyler Lacey, obviously to the Jaguars and Jason Taylor, the second. Now JT is in an interesting spot because not only do I expect him to make a roster, he'll have a pretty good opportunity at seeing a significant amount of playing time. It is cool that he's out there, you know, doing some stuff with Zach Robinson as is Tanner Brown, the kicker. He was with the Rams as well at the moment. But you question, are guys like Brock Martin going to be able to do enough to be an Oakland Raider or a Vegas Raider? Is Matt Hembro doing enough right now with the Cardinals to stay on the roster all, all year? That That one's fairly simplistic to me. Matt Himbro is going to be a very good long snapper. He'll make a very, very, very solid career for himself in the NFL, and this is the first stop on that journey. The Cardinals will be smart. They will sign him. He won't go anywhere. So you can pretty much pencil in that Matt Himbro is definitely a Cardinal. Jason Taylor II is in a pretty good spot. And Tyler Lacey. His versatility is going to shine out when it comes to this NFL game. You're going to see Tyler Lacey have some success, just like you're going to see him at Hembro. Now, is Tanner Brown going to be able to make a roster? Who knows, right? A lot of people thought Quinn Sharp, a former Oklahoma State Cowboy, was all but a shoe in, pun intended, uh, to make an NFL roster. I have heard some things happen outside of football the the cannabis related variety that may have stemmed some of his potential growth there. But obviously I want to hear from you guys as well. Will Jason Taylor II or Tyler Lacey or, or anybody else not only make a roster, but take the NFL by storm like Malcolm Rodriguez came well, okay, probably not. What Malcolm did is pretty rare. But it's good for Cowboys. It opens the door for Cowboys. You know, Braden Johnson was an interesting one to me. Should people be excited that they have a wide receiver that just so happens to run a 4 4? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is he going to be able to do more productivity wise than he necessarily did at Oklahoma State? I don't know. But Christian Holmes. Right, Christian Holmes not only was able to carve out a nice little role for himself with the Washington Commanders last season, he's going to be one of the mainstays this, this coming season. Is Devin Harper going to be able to do a little bit more than just be a special teamers guy in Dallas? I think all of these are viable questions. You just saw James Washington sign a one-year deal with the Saints. Good for him. I think he's going to have a pretty, pretty big year. I wish that Pittsburgh will just let Mason Rudolph go. I cannot stand for him what's happening. Is Mason Rudolph going to go somewhere, light up the scoreboard, be a big-time, everyday NFL starter for years? Probably not. But if anyone says he's not currently getting wasted in Pittsburgh, I think that that is, I don't know, being very short-sighted. Even if he's just a career backup, he's a better career backup than being the guy stuck in Pittsburgh. Like, get him out of there. Get Mason Rudolph out of Pittsburgh. Please let the dude go somewhere and do something because he still has the ability. He can still definitely be somebody. He's not somebody that should be relegated to third string forever. It's ridiculous. Just get him the heck out of there. But out of these couple guys, right, who do you think has the opportunity to land quickest? Tyler Lacey, or will it be Jason Taylor II? Jason Taylor II is a ball hawk. Jason Taylor II knows where to be at the right times, right? That's a skill, a honey badger, Tyron Matthew type of skill. Jason Taylor II definitely has that. And again, Tyler Lacey's versatility from going inside, outside, stand up, three technique, four technique, doesn't matter his versatility is going to show up in his NFL game. You're seeing someone like Vincent Taylor still able to to find himself on rosters, even though he's been dealing with a lot of injuries. Tevin Jenkins, you found out now recently, they love him at the spot of guard. They're going to pay him significant money. Is it tackle money? No, no, it's not but they're going to pay him virtually tackle money to play right guard because they know how good he can be at it. And now they also know that he's interchangeable between both guard spots. He's like the Swiss Army knife right now. The offensive lineman goes for the Bears. So who is built from this class to maybe jump up and surprise some people? Again, I want to hear from you guys down in the comments. Is it going to be Lacey? Is it going to be... Uh, Jason Taylor second, is it gonna be Matt Hembro? Is it gonna be somebody more surprising? Is it gonna be Brock Martin? Is Brock Martin's level of nasty, the blue collar, go to war, go to war? Is that exactly what the Raiders need? I don't know. I think you could make the argument that Brock Martin would probably have a pretty good shot at making a roster spot up there in Detroit because he's a dad uh, Dan Campbell type of guy. He just he's that dude. So I think Brock Martin's going to have the opportunity. But see, Brock Martin's not one of those people who's living every single day to make the NFL or bust. He's somebody that's fine with having a career outside of this. So this is like uh, playing with house money for him. But when you get out there, some guys perform differently because it means more to them. So again, you tell me down in the comment section who's built out of this group of Cowboys to not only make a roster, but make some noise this coming season, possibly, as a rookie. Speaking of being built, you already knew I was going there. Guys, if you haven't got hooked up with Built Bar, you need to. You're missing out. Go to built.com. Use promo code Locked On 15 to get yourself 15% off. Because whenever you're getting ready for the, the kids to be out of school, which means summer is... Very, very closely upon us. You got to have the snack packs ready to rock and roll. And what better to have on the go than something that tastes like a candy bar that's actually good for you. If you haven't got hooked up with Bill Porr, run to a Walmart today. You can grab yourself a four-bar box and make sure you hit all the flavors, whether it be churro, peanut butter, brownie, my favorite, cookies and cream. They continue to find ways to maximize the best candy bar slash protein bar out there so again go to walmart or if bulk's your thing run to a sam's club you can buy it in bulk get you a 13 bar box as well and you'll thank me later built.com sam's club walmart whichever you prefer we're here for you and we actually have another really cool flavor that's going to be coming down the pipeline eventually as well as some other announcements to to send out there as well. So a lot of uh, interesting stuff to go there. Now let's shift back to basketball. You know, it's a perplexing spot that we're in. I really thought that getting Washington out of Arizona State was just what the doctor ordered. That is exactly what we needed. But it didn't happen. We didn't get him. Okay. You could have told me that maybe Musa Cisse could have come back. Now, I think there is a debate to be had whether the talks did happen, didn't happen. It doesn't really matter. Do you want that back, right? If somebody's willing to walk out, do you want them to come back? I know in today's landscape of recruiting and all that fun jazz, it's really hard to diagnose. Where a kid's heart is. But we've always fancied our success off of people who want to be in Stillwater more than anywhere else. Just like Mike Gundy's talked about, the transfers that we have coming in. They're not designed to fill a gap just because they physically are going to be warm bodies that can help fill a gap. It's because they fit the, the system. Right? The The culture, if you will. Sometimes... These things just work out the right way. I'm Malcolm Rodriguez with the Lions, right? Sometimes they work out the right way. But basketball, right now, things have not been working out the right way for us. And no matter how talented I think we're going to be, and, you know, when we had uh, Doug Gottlieb on the show the other day, he was a pretty big believer in Jarius Hecklin. You know, is Jerry Hecklin going to be precisely what we need to the guy that can run the point? Maybe. But we also have John Michael Wright back. We also have Bryce Thompson back. Are, are those guys that are fit to run this non-existent system that we've been trying to force feed? No, not exactly. But it's six three, 175 pounds. Maybe the learning curve isn't as steep. You know, him already being comfortable, has an association with Oklahoma. That could be beneficial. Is North Florida the the hot spot for all of your transfer basketball players? Probably not. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a Texas kid. And he comes in averaging just under 13 points a game. He shot almost 40% from the floor, which is nothing to scoff at. 76% from the free throw line. We need that. He's played big time schools. He scored 17 points against Kentucky. He scored 15 points against Pitt. He scored 12 points uh, against Houston previously. Is this the big splash that we may have needed? Probably not. Is this a justification for giving Mike Boynton more time? In my opinion, probably not. We are not in a position right now where I think we have a whole lot of swinging and missing. We're we're afforded. There's not a lot of afforded swing and miss opportunities at the moment. And it really is odd to see how Mike Boynton gone from this recruiting extraordinaire to just swinging and a missing and a missing and a missing in this cycle and you can't say that we haven't had targets out we you can't say we haven't had some guys still put us in their top 3 top 5 potential destinations but unlike the last couple of years we're not getting those guys now it is it, again is this you know somebody that we're getting desperate to land yeah probably probably because we don't have um a lot of choice in the option or in the matter a lot of a lot of choice in the matter for whatever reason all of the the orange kool-aid gold that was alluring to everybody for such a long time over the last few years is it wearing off a little bit i know we just had a top 10 recruiting class i get that once again we've had the conversation Without getting a couple of big-time guys in the portal, and I know there's still big-time guys coming into the portal as as we speak, which is kind of odd, too, but we're going to be relying on youth, and I'm okay with that. But what I'm not okay with is just relying on the youth and then using that as an excuse, again, after the season to say, well, uh, we've got to give Mike one more year. I love Coach Mike Boynton, but something's not clicking on all cylinders inside Gallagher Arena. And now we're having to bank on a lot of young cats to bail us out. Are we going to be able to develop, you know, a, a different offensive identity in the half court set? I, I hope so. I'm just not seeing a lot of the writing on the wall of it equaling a lot of uh, massive productivity. Football, there was some stuff for the off season, but then you see the spring, you talk some interviews, talk some players, Okay. I get it. We we we're bought in, the staff is ready, the defense coordinator is ready, the players are ready. They cannot wait to get kick this thing off. Are you getting the same sentiment in basketball? Probably not. I just I hate that we're going to be so guard oriented that it's it's banger bust. And to me, we don't have any more time to continue to wait. I've been a big believer in Mike Boynton. A I've big, a big, been a big proponent of Mike Boynton getting more time and then maybe even more time. But I'm done with that. I'm done. I'm off, off the reservation. We got to win this year. And the transfer market has not been giving me a glowing recommendation of, oh, yeah, we got this. Secretly, we don't seem to have the sauce. So, I mean, you you could shift, right, that in and of itself to the the softball, baseball style of conversation. Thankfully, in baseball, we have the Bedlam series coming up. And that's always fun, especially when you win. But not only does it give us some time to redeem ourselves, um, but I think one of the biggest things that I find interesting about the baseball side of things is you just saw two massive explosions offensively. Is that going to equal what we need it to for Bedlam? Because now what we need is we need somebody to help us out. West Virginia needs to drop a couple. We were hoping obviously um Red Raider Country could get it done for it for us. Didn't happen. Does that mean that West Virginia is that good? Yeah, probably. Are we hoping for them to drop some games for us to win the Big 12? Yeah. Is that fun to hope other people lose so you can reap the benefits? Who knows? It'd be better, obviously, if we held our own destiny, but Bedlam's a good time to get right. Bedlam is a good time to get right. We need a sweep here, not just a series win, a sweep. And if West Virginia wants to help us out, and drop a couple, so be it. We'll take it. Softball, on the other hand, is that not even more interesting? And I don't I don't know that I'm saying interesting necessarily in a good way. The number six overall national seed. There's some favoritism there. Don't know why. Don't know, don't don't completely understand all of the bias, but I'll take it. Sign me up for it. And the field, it's gonna test our mettle a little bit because Wichita State has had our number this year. Nebraska is a pretty good ball club. UMBC may not have the pitching prowess that we do, but our pitching prowess recently has not been super great, has it? How do, how did we get the number six seed when somebody like Texas gets a, a number thirteen seed? Who knows? You see them like uh, Arkansas with an 11 seed. It's very perplexing to see where softball has completely just boom, face planted. I have never seen this happen with a coach Kenny Gajewski led team. So we don't know how we're going to respond. We know how we responded in the Big 12 tournament terrible, absolutely terrible. We're getting too cutesy-tootsy with some of the pitching rotations, it seems. There's something off with Kelly. when well, we know it's off with her. She's still dealing with a little bit of an injury, which is causing like blisters, scabs, and gripping the softball, a little bit of a difficulty. I don't know if we you know, give Ivy more time or we just lean on Lexi or ride Kyra even more than we have been recently. I don't know. But this is the most dejected I've felt about Oklahoma State softball in years. So it, it hurts the heart. Meanwhile, baseball, let's get it done. Let's beat the goon squad over and over and over again. We can catch fire in the tournament, both, softball and baseball. But we got to do it. The time is now. We can't keep log-gagging anymore. We got to get it done. All right, y'all, that's all we got for this one. Tomorrow we have a special guest, former Cowboy, on the show. So until then, as always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. And I'll see y'all on the next one. All right. Later.